All of this is massively important to make great tequila. We don't speak of this. We only speak of the master distiller and, and marketing material. No, there's so much more. Hi, Katje. Welcome to Elixir of the Gods from Bar Convention Berlin. Uh, I'm here with Diego. Katje, I only know your first name, so maybe you introduce yourself really quick. Thank you very much. Uh, my name is uh, Sergio Mendoza. A lot of my friends call me Katje since I was very young, but I go by, by Sergio in the industry. I'm a tequila producer from family. That's a family thing, many generations. And a mezcal producer together with Esteban. Producer, I say, we in, in reality, we work with a lot of producers mm -hmm. uh, to create different blends, a tapestry of the diversity of mezcal in Mexico, no? Okay. Okay, so you produce yourself, but you also work with other producers. No, go ahead, Cache. Correct. Uh, so there's uh, the tequila, which is Don Fulano, and that's mm -hmm. my family. No, We I produce see. that from the ground mm -hmm. to the bottle. We're first and foremost agave farmers. My family has been farming agave in a region of Jalisco called Los Altos or the Highlands mm -hmm. uh, for five generations, about 140 years. So Don Fulano, we produce from the ground to the bottle. Huh? I see. That is something that I kind of was born into. Obviously, the brand I developed uh, 16 years ago. But the family business, the distillery, the agave fields, that I was born into. No? And I, I love because it, it's one of the great representatives, not only of Jalisco, but of Mexico, no? mm. tequila, which yeah. is a mezcal, no? the mezcal or vino de mezcal de tequila, which is a, a name that I always love to share because it gives so much more, no? And on the other side, years after I had been working with tequila, I partnered with Esteban, who has been a friend of mine for a long time uh, and who had other really interesting projects with agave in Jalisco, no? Raizillas. Mm -hmm. We partnered to create the rumbes, where we work with a lot of producers, no? But we work hands-on, no? Mm. It's not just a product that we buy, like some brands do. We actually get involved in the processes. We look to... The idea behind the brand is very simple. We want to represent the diversity of mezcal of Mexico, no? The different agaves that grow in different regions with different climates, the different techniques... And, and how different this can be from each other. No? Yeah. For me, as you know, anytime we speak uh, with people, I'm the least experienced on the table. But I have uh, two bottles of the Rumbes at home, uh -huh. and I enjoy them very much. So one Thank is you. the Durango, and one is the uh, Saca. Sa San Luis Potosí. San Luis Potosí. Yeah. 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 Wow, yeah. there's two very important expressions. No, for me, Durango is one of my all-time favorites. No, it's. Uh, I agree. It's, it's very interesting, if you, especially if you know the area where, where, where that is produced in the north of Mexico. A very, it's a dry area, no? Yeah. The agave durangensis almost grows out of the rocks, no? In very dry conditions. And it's amazing how these flavors and aromas of peaches and creams and, and the buttery texture that it has, no? It, it's, it's amazing. And San Luis Potosí, on the other hand, is the desert. But again, you have very interesting aromas, no? Completely different, no? Here you have green notes of jalapeno, of uh, aniseed. So yeah, they're, they're two great expressions of the rumbes. Yeah. So you work between 
both worlds, I would say. So what I've learned very early is, okay, there is a world of tequila, uh -huh. which is very industrial, or that's, that's the conception of it. Uh -huh. And there is a world of mezcal, which has more artisanal roots, though there are a lot of industrial mezcales out there right now. So, but you're in between the worlds. Can you tell us a bit about... Yeah, gotcha. You're in a, not in a unique position, but, but quite unique because uh, you're true. You, we know you. I know this guy from uh, since we were very young. Yeah. You're in a, in a very special position to talk about both industries. And there is this little politic misunderstanding between both industries, which... Uh, what's, what's your view on this? Because they're both mezcales, like in reality, yeah. they should be brothers. I don't know what, I don't want to... Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a great point. And I absolutely feel like the, the intention, it's, it's, I'm always talking about this and I really like the subject because there's, first of all, there's a lot of confusion with the denominations, no? But there's also, I feel, very easy trends, no? A lot of people... Just by picking a couple things of information, they form the whole idea that is, in most cases, very far away from the reality, you know, which is way more complex and way more rich. You know? It's not as black and white as, ah, mezcal is the artisanal one and tequila is the industrial yeah, one. No? Yeah. There's two so I just did it. No, 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 no. But it's a great point because... There is a little bit of reality in this. Of course, as an industry, yeah. tequila is, of all mezcals of Mexico, tequila is the one that has grown more as an industry. No? It has developed, it has grown in so many ways, no? in production as well. But in part, this is what gives identity to tequila. No? There's a lot of trends of making tequilas in underground pits. And, and I don't disagree as an experiment. Mm -hmm. But that is not what we know as vino de mezcal de tequila, no? Uh, one of the, the key elements that make tequila, in my opinion, is one, the kind of agave that grow in Jalisco, which is the blue agave. And, and it's true, historically, it's not been exclusive to blue agave. No, it, There has always been uses of other agaves which are very related, no? like chato, like cimarron. Some of them are actually variations of the blue agave. I do think that it's a, a little bit of a mistake that the industry singled out the blue agave yeah, because uh, it, it had an effect in the biodiversity, etc. Yeah. But it's also true that the blue agave has always been the identity of tequila. No? So, so that is a fact. No? Yeah, undeniable. Undeniable. Yeah. And also, the second part of its identity is the fact that it, it's the first mezcal that was cooked with steam, no? Yeah. And that makes a very unique mezcal, no? I mean, I love the rich and bold flavors of, uh, of underground uh, roasting with, with oak. But I also love the beauty and the elegance of a good tequila, no? For me... There is a big brotherhood, as Diego was pointing out, yeah. but also a big identity with this amazing mezcal from Jalisco that, that is called tequila. No, it's a beautiful mezcal. It's a product that you can, and, and trust me, it happens in Jalisco, that you can spend hours and hours drinking straight in, in long gatherings with family and friends. 
And as long as you drink water, it's a very gentle, very elegant mezcal, no? Yeah, yeah. You cannot do, or, or, or at least I find that you cannot do the same with, with a lot of the bolder mezcals, which I love, but where, where you enjoy two or three or maybe five, no? But, you got to stop, yeah. But, but there's a point when, where it's too much, no? Yeah. And there's also beautiful, elegant expressions of mezcals in other regions. No? I mean, of course, the states of Jalisco and Oaxaca are the kings in, in terms of biodiversity, no? That's why we, we tend to think tequila from Jalisco, mezcal from Oaxaca, no? Oaxaca has such a rich biodiversity and, and, and tapestry of climates and, and varieties. But there's so much more, no? That's, that's the whole idea about the rumbes, no? Also to make the consumer aware because sometimes it's not aware that there's so much more outside of Oaxaca, no? There's deserts, there are high mountains, there, there's pine forests. There's all these beautiful climates that grow agave or, or I should say where agave grows that also make mezcal, no? But there's this different, there's this brotherhood And I, by no means, think they should be in this antagonistic situation. No? It just brings to the richness of the category, which, which is really agave spirits. Huh? That was kind of where I wanted to go. Uh, I feel like the fight doesn't help any of the industries. It's not a fight. Let's, let, let me rephrase. Not It's a competitive fight, situation but, but, in a way. Uh -huh, right? but, but trying to be singled out, I'm mezcal, I'm tequila. You're both mezcal. So historically you're both mezcales and I think if they, they created more of a bond other industries don't have this, this separation between their liquids you know and, and, and maybe that could be interesting to see in the future as a category to, to develop as, as an agave spirit, spirit category yeah. Yeah. to develop more helping each other yeah. I don't know no it's true and, and I think it's happening more and more people are I, I get the feeling that that bridge is building slowly. No, of course there there will always be the the guys who are even uh, haters. No, like this and that, like with very black and white yeah. uh, standings. But this is building more and more. I, I also think that mezcal had to be a little bit aggressive to gain its its momentum. True. No, like no. to differentiate. And that helped a little bit. But, but even mezcal producers, I have the feeling that they're bridging this gap, no? Yeah, yeah. And also in tequila, we're, I mean, the, this is true, no? Tequila is growing and, and mezcal maybe is not there yet, but I'm sure it's going to come because they're two of the fastest growing categories in the world. So we're seeing a lot of celebrity endorsed brand. We're seeing a lot of as you were saying, very industrial products. So it's not only the differentiation that we need to see between tequila and mezcal, it's also between among tequilas and among mezcals because not everything is the same, no? Mezcal did something interesting, which is the categorization of ancestral, artesanal, industrial, which is really just mezcal. But, uh, but in tequila also it happens. I mean, there's a complete difference between something made in a diffuser that uses agave that is four years old, that is distilled to 90% alcohol, and that, that uses a lot of additives, to something that is state-grown, that only uses the three natural ingredients, which are mature agave, proprietary yeast, and natural spring water. No, there's, 
a massive difference. And right now that is being sold under the same category, which is 100% agave tequila. Now, people need to understand that just the 100% agave is by no means a definition of good quality. No, there needs to be, and, and I'm sorry, people ask me all the time, how can we know? And you just need to research a little bit more. Now, if you like tequila, I mean, it doesn't take long. Fortunately, we have access to much more information these days. But uh, there's great ways. There's an app called the Tequila Matchmaker that can guide you a little bit. But in truth, in tequila, I would say that it comes down to 10 distilleries. No, 10 distilleries that are doing great product that are really representing the category. And then you have another maybe 80 distilleries that are just doing contract brands. No, That they are contracting tequila for all the celebrities, for all the people who want to launch their own brands. And usually these products are very industrial, no? But not all tequila is very industrial, no? There's a lot of artisanal. Do you think this categorization inside the 100% agave category is going to come? Or do you see, is it heading in this direction? Or it's not something there is, that is being spoken? No, it is, it is, I think. Uh, and of course, there's always the masses, the mass consumer, and there's consumer that likes to know a little bit more no and of course we are not targeting the masses we can't even in volume no we also need the big yeah. guys <laughs> to supply those markets because tequila is gonna keep on growing that's yeah, yeah. a fact no so in a way it's good to have that that product because it needs to fill all these gaps no all these millions of margaritas that are served every day in all the world no but there's also the consumer that wants to experience the true tequilas, no? the, the real products. And this consumer will always find us. No? And research. Exactly. By us, no. I don't mean just me as a producer, but these 10 distillers, these, these real tequila makers, they, they will get to us no? because there is the information to get there. No? And yeah, and there's, there's amazing tequilas being made. No? There's amazing... Not only as Blancos, but in aging programs. This is also a little differentiation from Mezcal. No yeah. Tequila, because of its origin, because of its elegance and balance, it can age very well. No, Whereas Mezcal is a little bit... It does age. By no means, I'm, I'm not the uh, ones that think that Mezcal cannot age. I think there needs to be a lot more experimented in aging. But it's not as easy as in a good tequila, no? Yeah, that's true. And, and there is also this, the, this biased idea that tequila should only, or agave distill should only be drunk white. Yeah. Which in the case of tequila, because it has been done for years and years, it's true that some of the, and some of the heavy drinkers or some of the people that I know really love their tequila, they don't drink white. Not necessarily. They do like their white. But sometimes they say, no, no, I want a reposado. Or, or maybe if I'm doing this, I, I, want, I, I want to use another one, yeah. Yeah, it becomes a, how do you say, in Deutsch it's veredeln. In, I don't know, in English it's probably something like, um, it's an add-on. So you, ref in a way, refine is the wrong word. But you, you take a product that is a good product per se. And then you add some, uh, some arts to it. Yeah. And it becomes a different product. So like, if you have a, a fruit, you can, you, know, you can slice it up and eat it or you can slice it up and maybe process it and make yeah. another dish out of it absolutely and yeah. I think that's what Reposado is no that? absolutely 
aging is an art, no? And and this is what shows the greatness of agave spirits. No, most spirits think about the the big family of spirits, no? The whiskies, the brandies. Most of them need aging because they don't have the maturation that is needed for complexity. No, the raw materials are very simple, simple carbohydrates. No, the the most simple are grains, of course. Yeah. No, for whiskies. Now the great whiskies, which I love, I'm not criticizing, get up to 80% of their characteristics from aging. No, so they need aging. They need maturation. The beauty of agave spirits is that they are already mature. You can distill an agave and have all its complexities. Why? Because it's a it's a mature product. So it's only natural that that blancos have a predominance no and and there's a beauty in that i myself love blancos but as you're saying you can get something that is already very complex and then take it to a completely different uh, level yeah by aging no and and absolutely there's amazing reposados for me reposado category is the most interesting because and it's actually the most challenging because to find the good balance between a blanco and a, a simple, subtle aging is, is amazing, no? An añejo, an extra añejo is, is, is a different story, no? Yeah. But a lot of, in tequila, I have to say, obviously in mezcal, we're in diapers, no? In tequila, we're starting to, to walk, no? In terms of aging, <laughs> no? There, there's so much more. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of, I, uh, most producers that I know think that aging is extraction of wood, and that's far from aging. That's a part. No, of course, when you put alcohol in in a barrel, it will extract the flavor and the color of wood. But that is not aging. Aging happens even if you put in in stainless steel. No, we age our blanco tequilas for at least three, four, five months. No, because there is oxidation. There's a lot of chemical process that happen when you age a product whether it's in glass or in so the benefits of aging in wood of course you're gonna get the tannins the vanillas the the dark chocolates but you're also exposing your product to to a lot of changes no so we like to use old barrels and especially from wine industry. Yeah, yeah. But we like what happens because of the time, not only because of the extraction. No? I have a question, another question, which is a bit goes in a different direction. It's what I understand is that there is an agave boom, like uh -huh. uh, fueled by the United States, that it's becoming a very popular drink, uh -huh. both tequila and mezcal. Agave plants take a lot of time. They need a lot of time, so they. They don't really scale up to like to hundred people. All of a th uh, sudden, you have a thousand or ten thousand people being interested in the product. Uh, how do you deal with that? How do you take care of that? Do you scale up? Do you buy? Do you do you rejuvenate? How how do you handle this this needs? That's a very good question because that really is the heart of the matter. No, as a producer, yeah, yeah. both for quality and and for logistics and for everything. That is the heart, no? Whether you have agave, whether you grow agave, whether you rely on, on, on third parties to buy agave. And I think everything is, is possible, no? But uh, the problem comes when there is 
not a real link between the producer and the grower. Yeah. No, because as, as my uncle says, uh, he's, he's a very well-known agave farmer and distiller. Yeah. He says something that is very true. No, He says, if you want to make great tequila or mezcal, you have to walk the fields. No, You have to walk because you really have to select each plant is an individual. It's not. We're not talking like grapes for to make wine. No, yeah. where, where you have a where you only harvest the fruit. No, so you can harvest the fruit once or twice a year, but at the same time, and the fruit is is very even because it the plant keeps on going, and every year or twice a year it gives the fruit. No? Yeah, yeah. Agave is an individual, so every plant is. It's an individual. Even if you plant a whole field the same day, at six years you start having some maturity. At seven years, nine years, some will take 13 years. No, mm. so you really need to go and select plant by plant if you want to make great products. No, mm. what happens a lot is that people rely so much on buying in the in the market that they just get a very standard. Uh, harvesting no no I know of big companies and this is crazy because all the big companies I, I don't want to say names but all yeah. the big companies that have gone into tequila that have bought well-known tequila brands now they want to appear as they're responsible and they say oh we're not receiving agave that is not from 2012 no yeah. but chronological time is nothing no you cannot and people ask me all the time, how, how old do you harvest your agave? Seven or eight years? Chronological time is nothing. I mean, yeah, it can give you a reference, but... You need to see the plant. You need to see the plant. You need to harvest this plant because this plant is at its right point, no? It's not only about mature and non-mature agave. Yeah. My family that are agave farmers, they've... At one point, they were one of the biggest agave farmers in Jalisco. And back in the day, there used to be levels of maturity. Yeah. We didn't used to talk just of mature or not mature agave. There was five levels defined and accepted levels of maturity, no? which were entrado, tierno, sazón, pinto, sobremaduro. No? These are, it's even within the maturity range ranges and, and producers like Herradura Tequila back in the day, they had very specific recipes based on the levels of maturity. We don't see this anymore, no? We see in the big scale tequila produced on a more, not only industrial, but not with the knowledge of the fields, of the process, of everything that happens, because we're dealing with biology, with chemistry, with with all these beautiful processes that unfortunately are forgotten. No, even in agricultural, people don't know the importance of, of when to plant the agave. No, yeah. the moon cycles. If it's in, in in crescent moon or in in waning moon, no, it's all of this is massively important to make great tequila. We don't speak of this. We only speak of the master distiller and and marketing material. No, there's so much more. It's 
very interesting because before we came here, Diego and I spoke about uh, German time and Mexican time. So I think there is an analogy. So if you are talking about globalized companies, you know, that are operating worldwide, they go on a very fixed time schedule and everything has to be, you know, they need to calendarize everything and they need everything has to go by, by, by a clock beat. And so Mexican time is about, okay, when we're ready, we're ready, you know, and then we know when we're ready. And maybe it's a bit of a stereotype, but I think there is some, some truth in it. So there is some mastery in waiting and saying, okay, now this, I can use this, this now. Now is the right time and not, not, not because somebody dictates me that I have to harvest this now. Do you think, because, because you come from a farm, Albert, do you think your father didn't know his plants like, like like he would say yeah this should be but it's not quite mature well there are and so we did sugar beets for example uh -huh. so we had a sugar beets farm and there was a very tight schedule when they were picked up so there was an there was an industrialized process so we uh, we grew the, the the beets we harvested them and they were on a pile on the field and then at some point there would a machine would come put them on a on a truck and move them to the factory. And you had to adjust to that. But what he did uh, when he planted stuff, he was very looking like, okay, now now the weather is good, or now is, is a good time. So he was, in the beginning of the process, he had more control over it to say, I want to plant this seeds now. Uh, exactly. But in the end, he was already, a, in a way, a slave to the, exactly. to the process. Yeah. No, that that's also true, and obviously, we don't live in a bubble. There's obviously the pressure of the markets and the, the fast pace of life. So, I mean, it, it, it's hard because you need to make these kind of decisions, no? And, and also the economics play a big role. Like right now we're going through a very important agave crisis, no? Where there's not enough supply, so the prices are skyrocketing. So this obviously... All these decisions have to be factored in. No, I'm not saying that it's all romantic and easy, but I'm saying that it's essential to make good products. No, so that's why we we don't want to be like in in, in supermarkets, in in big retail chains. We prefer to be in the right spots, yeah. and 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 we also, especially in the rumbes, which is something that we're building and working with a lot of producers building from the ground, sometimes we run out of stock, no? We run out of product, but we have to make decisions about not forcing or yeah. compromising quality, no? Yeah. It's, a, it's an organic process that has to go, and of course, we're trying to grow the brand because there is room for growth for sure, no? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that you cannot produce a, a tequila on a big scale and keep the quality. Of course you can, no? There's good examples of that. The problem is that many producers are not really interested in that, no? They just want to to build up and sell, no? And, I'll, and, and the affected is the consumer because then you need to start researching and knowing. But this is a responsibility that we now have, no? Not only in spirits, but in everything that everything. we buy for everything. food and everything. Yeah. We need to research a little bit where is it coming from, if it's produced the right way or not. Yeah, yeah, and we have, I mean, we have this uh, in Germany now, in Europe, this Fridays for Future. So especially young kids are very, very interested in 
are things sustainable? So they they grow up with a different mindset and they ask, yeah, do you really need a big car in a city? You know, do you need like an SUV in the city? Is is isn't that stupid? And so I, I think there is a young generation coming that will ask more and more about where does this come from? And is it is it something um, that you know is in a way in harmony with 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 the environment? No, I agree. I agree. And and also in terms of the consumer, no, I always say that uh, spirits are luxury products. No, we cannot really speak about sustainability in the way we're consuming spirits. I mean, it's crazy, no? There's but that's where good mezcal and good tequila come in because you can really have two or three amazing mezcals and that can completely change your your moment no your night you don't have to drink 20 no yeah, yeah you can really sip and enjoy a good mezcal and that will transport you to where that plant grew to all the the energy the sun that it absorbed to the soil to the volcanic soils i mean this sounds a little bit uh Romantic and spiritual, but it's true. No, it's I mean, true, it's that's, true. That's the essence of spirits. You don't have to drink 20 mixed with, with soda, no? Yeah. Drink it and appreciate it and let, let it take you to, to its origin, no? For me, who I've been to Mexico once, Mexico City, so not, not out where uh, uh, agave are, are produced. But for me, it's the other way. I'm getting a longing now to see these places so because I'm so fascinated by the drink that I want to know more about where it's from for you guys you're Mexican for you it's when you're here in Berlin it's probably a piece of home for me it's a piece of desire to 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 go there and to to get to know so I I have to say unfortunately that that is very true unfortunately unfortunately because it's very interesting that obviously it's amazing to be able to drink a good mezcal in Berlin, in yeah. Paris, in Sweden. But the best thing, the most amazing thing is to be in the middle of the mountains in Michoacán, yes. in the desert in San Luis Potosí, in, in the beautiful hills of Oaxaca or in the Valley of Tequila, drinking the product of its land. Nothing can beat that, no? Yeah, and, yeah, and, and if people have the chance, they have to do it once at least and experience the beauty of mezcal there, no? Very good, very good. Yeah, going to Apalenque is a very, very enlightening experience. Also because you really, you really see the hard work behind like every drop you're going to drink, which is, it's, it's impossible to explain. Even though we have tried to explain it during this show maybe eight times, you need to see or even try to carry a piña. Lift it off the ground and then do, do some hima. Do, I don't know, it's, it's really... Yeah. It changes when you're, you're there and you feel how complicated and how rustic and beautiful the product is. Yeah, it's amazing because it, it somehow picks everything from the surroundings, no? the flavors, the aromas, like it makes sense there, no? Yeah. Obviously... Great mezcal is great mezcal, and if you drink it here in Berlin, you will probably love it, no? But but how the product represents the place where it comes from is something that not a lot of people understand or know, no? But when you drink it at the place of origin, yeah. you say, of course, this tastes like this place, no? Like how it smells and it looks and it yeah. feels. No? Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Um... 
I think we should wrap it up slowly. Wrap it up, yeah. Um, Kachi has to work. Hey, yeah, Kachi, thank has you to for work. this time, man. Um, one last question. Yeah. So, what's your expectation for BCB? Why did you come here? And what are you hoping to take home back to Mexico from Berlin? Thank you. Well, first of all, let me thank you both for this is a, a great spot to talk. I always love to talk about what we do. But uh, so BCB is for me the best spirit show in the world. No, I love this this show for many reasons. No, I had the fortune to know the the guys who started this show at the very early stage, and uh, and I think they did an amazing job, and it, and and also to keep it this way. But it's a great place because it really is what a show is meant to do. No, you meet with your distributors. You meet industry people for three days. It feels really productive, no? Uh, the bartenders from all over the world, really, no? I meet my distributors from all over Europe in one single place without having to go everywhere. Yeah, yeah. We talk business. They try new products. We discover what's going on in the industries. It's it's a great show. I, I love Berlin. Uh, of course, I love the city, and it's a good chance to come here once a year. We've eliminated a few shows because we also don't want to travel that much and with all the impact that that has. But Berlin is staying for sure. No, it's one of our like lucky destinations yeah, yeah. every year. A target, yeah. Target, yeah. So you'll see more of us here. Katja, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, thank you, and uh, yeah. Yes, this was very enlightening, man. Thank you, thank guys. Thank you very and, much for this uh, for this for time. What you both are doing, no, you with bringing. Some amazing juice to this side of the world, and you by diffusing this this amazing category. I'm trying to. I'm. Uh, it's 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 kind of an interesting thing because I'm not from the industry. I'm not Mexican, so I can I can go into this like a baby with very big eyes and just ask stupid questions. I'm not afraid to ask stupid. Oh, questions. that's the best way to go around. Yeah. Stupid yeah. questions are the best. That's no? how you learn. That's yeah. how you learn, and it's the only way. Yeah. 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 There's no stupid questions in, in the end. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank, thank you. you, guys. Huh? Thank you. Bye-bye.